welcome, welcome back. If you're a new listener, what up, squad? Yeah. Squad, squad. Yeah. We are so excited to be here today. It has been one whole year. We've done 50 movies. That's insane. 15.4K downloads as of this morning from 96 different countries. What the fuck? I know it feels surreal. It's amazing. We're so ecstatic that you guys like what we've been making. And for our one year celebration, we are rounding it all up in an homage to High School Musical 2. Yes. A movie that we severely underrated oh. accidentally. <laughs> we apologize. Yes, we did Please it early don't cancel on. cancel us. <laughs> it, was, it was very, yeah. yeah comparatively now would we rate it that no no but we are putting on in honor of the one year the star dazzle awards the star dazzle for this year goes to do you want us to lose the star dazzle award the star dazzle award yes over the past year we have watched so many iconic moments we saw mr patrick verona singing on the stadium steps Yes, we saw Troy Bolton contemplate his life on the golf course. We watched Cher Horowitz fall in love with her stepbrother. We watched Lola Step almost make out with Carla Santini on multiple occasions. Uh, if only. <laughs> and we watched Miss Fiona Montgomery eat literally all the salmon that a person could ever want mm -hmm. in their lifetime. We've collected your votes we brought the polls in. We said, polls, you're closed. Yeah. You know, rock the vote. The polls are closed. <laughs> we counted every single vote. Absolutely. And read your comments, which were very yes. sweet and heartwarming. Yes. Thank you so much. We really appreciate everyone who took, you know, a couple of minutes out of their day to go ahead and vote. We got a lot of responses. So I feel like mm -hmm. this is going to be an accurate portrayal, you know? Yeah, we had a couple landslides, and we mm -hmm. also had a couple of very close calls. Oh, yeah. No ties, I believe. Yeah. The last tie, I believe, was broken like an hour before the poll closed. Oh, nice. Yeah. Before we get into it all, we just want to talk about the podcast. When Christina and I started, we had been talking about doing this for so freaking long. Yeah. It was like a running joke, and... One day we just decided to get off our asses and put her together, bought the cheapest mics money could ask for, and they broke the almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine mine still works. I just have not touched it oh. since getting this new one. Mine mine be broke. Mine mine gave me brain damage as well. That mic caused me a lot of severe mental damage having to re-record the 10 things I hate about you episode. Not once, not twice, not three times, but four times, yes. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I thought my downstairs, like, family room was haunted. It was just the Amazon mic. Yeah. But, but then I went to my local music shop and bought this yes. mic, and I was like, a freaking dream come true. She's easy, breezy, beautiful. Cover girl. Samson. Samson Q2U mic. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's just been crazy to think that us recording kind of like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, who are we talking to, talking to ourselves? And now we have tons of listeners. A community. Yeah, a community. Oh, my God. Yeah, I feel very blessed 
to be a part of the 2000s nostalgic community on the internet. Oh, yeah. Amazing people. Really just like mm. some of the sweetest, most like optimistic people, I would say, that I've ever met. There's so much like love and just gratitude to the Y2K era. Mm. And I feel like it's just infused with a lot of like hopefulness and happiness. Yeah, we've been able to meet so many amazing people, other podcasters, listeners, Instagram influencers. Like this journey has been really amazing. I'm so excited to see where we go in year two because things are just popping off right now, you guys. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, It's so funny. (laughs) I I really do feel incredibly lucky because – I think we could kind of tell on the podcast that there was a point where people really started listening. Mm -hmm. Definitely a lot of people followed us through TikTok, which we are so thankful for. Yes. And um, yeah, I I would say just like we started getting like such an overwhelming like support on TikTok and then just more emails and stuff like that. And we really appreciate every single email that you guys send us, every single DM. Yes. We read all of them. We feel super lucky whenever one of you guys reaches out to talk to us because it's so nice to hear that you're like enjoying something and we made something that brings you like a smile. Yes, definitely. And to think we almost did a dating podcast. Oh my God. Oh my God. How (laughs) passe. Oh, thank God we didn't. But yeah, we just want to say like a huge thank you to everybody that's listened thus far. Even if you've only listened to like one or two episodes, we appreciate it nonetheless. Feeling grateful and happy and excited for what's ahead. And so here's a rundown of what's going to happen tonight. We have a lot of categories for you. I think we have like 19. Is it 20? Ooh, We have an even 20 categories tonight, Mm -hmm. ranging from best montage to bicon of the year to Mm. leading lady. Mm. Yes. And we have an amazing array of presenters, some fellow podcasters, some TikTok stars, Mm. and just friends of the pod. So we're really stoked for you to listen along as we go through the fan favorites. Yeah. When we first talked about having presenters, I thought maybe we'd have like four or five. Yeah. We didn't really think that we would fill every single category. But we so did. Oh thank my you to God. everybody who signed up, to everyone that we reached out to that said yes. We mm-hmm. appreciate it so much. Thank you for taking the time to record these for us. Mm-hmm. It means the world. And without further ado, should we get into our first category of the evening? Absolutely. Webster's Dictionary defines friendship. No, I (laughs) I I was like, oh shit, you are more prepared than I am. No. The first category of best friend group presented by Christina Gregory. We love this girl. She's a part of our Mm. friend group. Yes. You may remember her from the Bridget Jones episode. Mm -hmm. Amazing gal. Couldn't think of anyone better to present this award. Yeah. Throughout all the movies we've done, we've seen so many iconic friend groups. It was definitely hard to narrow it down to the, I think, six that we ended up picking. Mm -hmm. But that is one thing that we love the most about movies from the 2000s is the female friendships. Yes. Solidarity and friendship. No no cattiness here. Just 
a young Emma Roberts and a young JoJo just having each other's backs. Mm -hmm. That's what the 2000s are all about. Exactly. And now over to Christina. Hi, it's Christina Gregory from the Bridget Jones episode, and I'm so happy to be back on the pod to announce the winner of the Star Dazzle Award for Best Friend Group. Since I know that there was some confusion with the voters, I'd like to clear up that Christina Mo and I were not, in fact, nominated. Still, there were so many fabulous friendships to celebrate on the pod this year. The nominees for Best Friend Group are Alex, Natalie, and Dylan, Charlie's Angels, Claire, Aqua, and Haley, Aquamarine, Kerry, Heather, Kate, and Beth, John Tucker Must Die, Carmen, Tibby, Lena, and Bridget, the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, Dorinda, Aqua, Chanel, and Galleria, the Cheetah Girls, Julie, Yancey, Hannah, and Farah, Sleepover. And the award for Best Friend Group goes to... The ladies of the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Big congrats to Carmen, Tibby, Lena, Bridget, and of course, their Traveling Pants for being the paragon of female friendship. Here's to all of the 2000 sleepovers deciding who in your friend group was each of these iconic ladies. Um, oh my god! I totally knew it. I think that that's such yeah. an iconic quartet. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it just goes to show that despite distance, friendship will always prevail. Absolutely. It's such a good movie. I think it's so great to see these young girls with such different personalities all yeah. coming together, supporting one another in really hard, hard things times. in their lives. Like, there's some yeah. heavy stuff in that movie. Mm-hmm. But they always have each other's backs. And that's amazing. Yeah. Moving on to our second category. This one is one of our behind the scenes situation like our production categories yes the production awards we absolutely went off on the costume design for uh confessions of a teenage drama queen Mm -hmm. we talked about it so much because they were really thoughtful and amazing but that Mm -hmm. is not the only movie that we saw with awesome costumes yes there were a lot of contenders for this one As we've said, in the 2000s, there was just such a focus on joy and fun and camp, and that really shines through in the fashion, and that's why we're seeing it come back now, because what we need now more than ever is (laughs) more joy and color and happiness. Camp is a great way to describe it because there's literally no other way to describe I'm wearing three belts and fingerless gloves. Exactly. Exactly. But presenting this award, we have a lovely listener, Julia. Yes. Thank you so much for presenting this award. Over to you, Julia. Hello, hello. My name is Julia, and I'm coming to you from Toronto, Canada, where two of the five movies in this category were filmed. Big fan of the pod, and I'm so happy to be here to present the award for Best Costume Design. And the nominees are David C. Robinson for Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, Deborah Everton for The Craft, Risa McConaughey for The Cheetah Girls, Mona May for Clueless, and Sarah Edwards for Uptown Girls. And the award for Best Costume Design goes to... Mona May, Clueless! Congratulations! And congratulations to you too, Mo and Christina, for your one-year milestone. You ladies are an absolute delight, and you made the pandemic a little easier. So thank you. 
Oh my gosh. Of course. It had to be clueless. It had to be. I mean, Mm -hmm. those plaid outfits alone. Yeah. I do think clueless um, is one of those movies where people today are just like, I want to dress like that every day. Absolutely. The fashion has absolutely preserved to today. Yeah. It's a truly shining example of excellence in contemporary costuming, Mm -hmm. which I feel like often gets overlooked because everyone always is like, the period pieces, the period pieces. But this costume design was very masterful in the way that it is both extremely symbolic of the 90s, but also has a lot of contemporary carryover. Even just like Cher's simple red, I think it's a red dress that she tries to wear out and her dad's like- Oh, the white dress? Oh, the white dress, yes. And her dad's like, you're wearing that out? That's not a slip? Even simple moments like that, it's perfectly planned to represent the cultural era. Exactly. All right. So moving forward, best soundtrack. We had to invite Erica Stevenson from Moan Inc. back on the pod. Yes. Because Hercules was one of the nominees for this category. Yes. The music in movies from this era, it's simply unmatched. There is actually a pretty wide variety of musical stylings in the movies we picked, right? Because Hercules Mm -hmm. has more of like a gospel tone. Yes. Then we have Shrek, which is like some pop bops. And we're like totally different mindset. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to see who, (laughs) as if I already don't know. But I do think that they each bring their own unique qualities to the soundtrack. Definitely. Over to Erica. Thank you to everyone who has joined us for the Star Dazzle Awards here on the pod. I'm super excited to be here because I am an avid listener myself. My name is Erica. You may remember my voice from the Hercules episode in Animated April, where I offered a bunch of little fun, nerdy tidbits about the historical accuracies of Disney's masterpiece of a mythological retelling. I mean, come on, who doesn't love Hercules? Now, I'm actually here to announce the best soundtrack category, which is incredibly ironic because my voice is the opposite of melodic and that's fine like i know it everybody on my ancient history youtube channel moaning tells me all the time how scratchy my voice is so i am trying my best right now to make sure that your ears do not bleed because oh my god the music in the movies that are on offer today i mean it's definitely going to be a hard one so with that being said the nominees are shrek roger and hammerstein's cinderella Hercules, and let me tell you guys, if this doesn't win, I'm gonna start a riot. Look out for it on social media. Honey, and High School Musical 2. And the winner is... Shrek. (gasps) Oh my god. I was genuinely not expecting Shrek to take it. I didn't expect Shrek to take it either. I thought that it would be maybe Hercules. Yeah, so did I. And if not Hercules, I thought it was going to be High School Musical too. I think we have a lot of Shrek fans in the house. Yes, definitely. And I respect that wholeheartedly. Yeah, because you know, like they say, the years start coming and they, they don't, don't stop, stop coming. coming. Ooh. Next up, we have our MVP award, our Athlete of the Year award, our most valuable player. They're dribbling up and down the courts. They're kicking that soccer ball. You know, they're dribbling and (laughs) 
etc. Doing sports things. <laughs> Do I wish I know nothing that about. we could have nominated a Scott in this category? Absolutely. Yes. Is that a TV honorable series? mention? <laughs> honorable mention to the Scott brothers. Yes. And for this category, we have the lovely Allison Merrill from the blog Past Foot Forward. Yes, she writes amazing posts. She has awesome Instagram reels and stuff talking about 2000 movie, about DCOMs, about all that good stuff. Definitely check her out. Given we have a couple of DCOM guys on this list, we knew we had to get her to present this award. I'm actually really excited for this one because when we were compiling uh, the nominees, we realized Viola Hastings was an MVP. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if one of our ladies might win this award. Yes. Over to you, Allison. Hi, my name is Allison McLean Merrill. I am a writer covering film, TV, nostalgia, pop culture, and music across various outlets. I love thinking about the shows and movies that have had impacts on us growing up. That's why I love the Movies That Raised Us podcast. And I'm thrilled to be presenting a category in the Star Dazzle Awards. Here are the nominees for MVP. John Tucker of the Kodiaks from John Tucker Must Die. Troy Bolton of the Wildcats from High School Musical. Viola Hastings of the Illyria Armadillos from She's the Man. Duke Orsino of the Illyria Armadillos from She's the Man. Bridget Vreeland of the Baja California Soccer Camp from the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And Kyle Johnson, the Soaring Eagles, the Luck of the Irish. You know, we've got soccer, we've got basketball, so many great choices, but I'm leaning towards either Troy Bolton or Kyle Johnson as a DCOM enthusiast and Disney Channel historian, and I find it fascinating that Ryan Merriman actually got a little salty about not getting enough clout for his role in the DCOM basketball universe, so... Let's see. Maybe those two would go head to head or maybe someone from She's the Man. I don't know about John Tucker. And the MVP award goes to... Viola Hastings from the Illyria Armadillos of She's the Man. The yes. one and only Viola Hastings. I'm pretty sure that Viola won by like a landslide. Yeah, I think so. I think she has at least like half the votes. Mm-hmm. People really love Viola and I absolutely agree. I think she mm-hmm. is um, because we have some classics, you know, sports people on this list. But she is the reason the school wins the game. Like she, yes. her due to her like amazing soccer skills and I think that's powerful while juggling all these other (laughs) freaking messes that she's gotten herself into yeah and she wants it more than anyone the amount of shit that she went through Mm -hmm. for the game that she loves we gotta respect it yeah didn't get the guy at that moment yeah but she won the game and then she got the guy so and then oh a a sexy bisexual man yes oh my god i i become undone (laughs) for um god what's the same channing tatum yes Yes. duke orsino channing tatum in that role sends Mm. me yes definitely go off viola Uh, you deserve the mvp award yes bravo now a category that's close to our hearts yes Favorite NYC movie. Yeah, we've done enough of them to have a whole category (laughs) dedicated. Were most of them also filmed in Vancouver? Absolutely. Toronto? Toronto. Yes. Yeah. 
Half the movie filmed in Canada, half in NYC. As New York girls, you know, we had to do it. Mm -hmm. There are some really great movies on here that definitely capture the essence of the city. Oh, yeah. That hitch scene where they're riding to Ellis mm. Island. Oh, how could I forget? Yeah. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Dating in New York City. I definitely yes. did not encounter any Matthew McConaughey's, but a girl can dream. <laughs> Their dating scenes are actually so indicative of the fact that guys suck at dating now. Yeah. <laughs> like, definitely. I don't know what it is. They were like, oh, you're a feminist, so that means I shouldn't like take you on a nice date. Yeah. I feel like that's the thought process of a man in Murray Hill right now. Oh, my God. Especially in Murray Hill. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord. Well. Yeah. And not only do we have our New York City category, but we have two New York City gals to present it. Yes. Shout out to Alex and Liv. You may recognize them from our Heathers episode. Super funny. Fellow NYU gals. They have a great rapport, amazing banter. Mm. You can also check them out on their podcast, Ridiculous People Podcast. Yeah. Over to Alex and Liv. Hi. Hi. This is the Ridiculous People Podcast. I'm Liv Sengor. And I'm Alex Shannon. And we are presenting the nominees for favorite New York City movie. We're New York. We're New York City girls, right? We are New York City girls. We lived here. We've been living here for a long fucking time. Yeah. It's been at least 68 years. Yeah, that's true. I think. Back in the, uh, when we got here in the 60s. Yeah. The 1660s. Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> the nominees. <laughs> Our first nominee is New York Minute, directed by Denny Gordon. Mm-hmm. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, directed by Donald Petrie. That's a great one. That's like old. It's Matthew McConaughey, right? Yeah. Kate I, Hudson. Right. Kate Hudson. That was it. Yeah. In the yellow we dress. love Kate Hudson. Yeah. Goldie Hawn's her mom. Do you guys know that? Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait. In real life. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah, that's why she looks like that. She's I gorgeous. Have no idea. <laughs> we love blondes that have been in showbiz since they were in utero. Iconic. Superior. Okay. <laughs> Uptown Girls, directed by Bowers Yakin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. Brittany Murphy. R.I.P. Man. So sad. Hitch, directed by Andy Tennant. Ugh. What a, a great. A fucking classic. Film. I love that movie. Oh my God. Will Smith. Yeah. Eva Mendes. Yeah. Not Cameron Diaz, remember? When we watched it and we were like, that's not Cameron Diaz. (laughs) (laughs) That's distinctly not Not Cameron Cameron Diaz Diaz. TM. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we can't forget um, Paul Blart Malka. Oh my God, that's true. being hilarious. Kevin James actually being really funny in that movie. Truly hilarious performance. Yeah. Heartwarming that movie. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Guys. Remember when he has an allergic reaction? Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Elf, directed by John Favreau. John Favreau. I always forget until I see it written out that John Favreau directed Elf and was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that man has like more power than we all know. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? He's like, he's out here behind the scenes. He's making Marvel money. Mm, that's true. That's true. All right. And the winner is. Drumroll, please. Uptown Girls! Woo! Young Dakota Fanning. So Truly, she's sweet. so small. <laughs> okay, thanks for having us. Yeah, bye. Yay, bye. Yes, pop off. I love this movie and it yeah. disheartens me that people rated it so low on Rotten Tomatoes. 
That is my villain origin story. Yes. I will never get over it. I don't understand what people aren't seeing in this movie. I really don't get it. Do they think it's like disingenuous that it's like poorly acted? I, think I don't know. From the critic reviews that I've seen, I think they think like Molly. Um, Brittany Murphy? Yes. Brittany Murphy's performance was like too over the top or that it wasn't like relatable but I highly disagree yeah I think her performance was perfect she was the perfect amount of whimsical mixed with the right amount of like just um avoidance of her like internal issues Mm -hmm. and like displacement of trauma I think that she did an amazing job and Dakota Fanning didn't disappoint either yeah and like she's playing a 22 23 year old Oh, yeah. If you think that this is an accurate, spend 10 years living in New York City. Yeah. Very accurate. Yes. So I'm so glad that you guys loved Uptown Girls yes. just as much as we did. This is the redemption story. Yes. The redemption arc. <laughs> Next up, best high school rom-com. Ooh, this is an interesting one. There are so many 2000s movies that take place in high school. Yeah, I've actually been seeing a lot of discourse on TikTok about what is a teen movie and what isn't a teen movie. Because originally we had this category titled Best Teen Rom-Com, but there's a specific subset of films in this genre that feature teenagers but are more so for children. Yes. Like your a Cinderella stories, your To All the Boys, where it's geared towards a younger audience, but it features high schoolers. So we decided to switch it up to best high school rom-com. And I think that was the correct choice. You know, we have the classics on here. We have some modern ones, To All the Boys, Mm -hmm. as well as 1999's 10 Things I Hate About You. And even though they take place years apart, literally like 20 years apart, oh my God. Yeah. They still cover the same things. You know, boy likes girl, girl likes boy. For some reason, their social situation doesn't allow them to be together. But do they find each other in the end? Yes. Do they find themselves in the end? Do they become vulnerable? Yeah. Let their guard down? And also, I'm just now realizing, so not in She's the Man and Not in Love, Simon, but 10 Things I Hate About You, A Cinderella Story, and To All the Boys, one of their parents has died. That's a big... A big, well, in 10 Things I Hate About You, the parent, the mom just left. Yes. She's dead. absent, unfortunately. I think the reason that I love rom-com set in high school so much is that I didn't, like, date when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I get to live vicariously through them. Yeah. And then people who did date in high school get to be like, oh, my God, that reminds me of, like, my <laughs> high school boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever. And I wonder who wins the category. Shout out to Gina. Our wonderful listener for signing up for this category. Over to you, Gina. Hi, Mo and Christina. My name is Gina, and I am a dance teacher from Colorado. I am super excited to announce the nominees for the category of Best High School Rom-Com because this genre is my biggest guilty pleasure. All of these nominees have timeless romances coupled with jokes that I still find myself quoting daily. Here are the nominees. To all the boys I've loved before. She's the Man, 10 Things I Hate About You, A Cinderella Story, and Love, Simon. And the award for Best High School Rom-Com goes to 10 Things I Hate About You, the 1999 movie adapted 
from the Shakespearean play The Taming of the Shrew, starring Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles. Thanks, you guys, for this opportunity, and I love your show. Wow. Oh, my God. I, I do wonder if people just voted based off of... It's definitely just based off of the movie. Like, maybe it's not anything to do with the podcast we recorded. Yeah. But yeah. this was the most difficult recording ever. So... Yeah. I think it was also just a an ambitious movie for us to tackle as, like, our third movie because... Oh, yeah. I think we had, like, 20 pages of notes or something insane. Yeah. Because it's, it's Shakespeare, so it's going to be complex. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot going on. I personally can never go back and listen to those early episodes ever again so because... Hard. They haunt me. But we should redo, like, the earlier ones. Yeah. But I digress. But 10 Things I Hate About You, in my opinion, is one of the best teen films of all time. The performances are incredible. The chemistry is off the charts. I was actually just watching an interview with Julia Stiles yesterday mm-hmm. talking about having worked with Heath Ledger oh. and how he was such a gracious, generous actor. And in that scene specifically where she reads the sonnet, how when they – you know, flipped to get his coverage. He was like, this was your moment. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to try and do anything to take away from Uh, this because this is your scene. Yeah. I think he is an incredibly generous actor. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure he makes an amazing scene partner. He just, his performance, not as the character, but just as an actor looking at it, Mm -hmm. it looks like he really listens to his scene partner. Definitely. And I think that their chemistry is so amazing. It's electric but at the same time is subtle yeah and it's a great ensemble yes Ugh. you can tell that there was like a lot of closeness on set a little jgl i just learned the other day that julia styles and joseph gordon levitt were dating no while filming no yeah. he looks like he's like 10 <laughs> i know maybe it's just the camera angle but he looks like short compared to her well we, they only had one scene together that's so funny oh my gosh i would murder people to date that man <laughs> i'm just kidding yeah. but i did used to have a huge crush on him yeah definitely mm-hmm. definitely our next category Best transformation story. Mm -hmm. This one is interesting because I think it's very specific to movies of this era. Mm -hmm. Undoubtedly, you know, we have other transformation stories now, but the whole thing of like, you know, Princess Diaries, a Lizzie McGuire movie, like there are so many that bring this girl who doesn't really know what she wants. Like she's really finding herself a lot of coming of age movies, Mm -hmm. I would say. Definitely. And we have... You know, movies like My Big Fat Greek Wedding where it's – that's the way that I like to see transformation stories where it's like I'm feeling lost. I'm going to make this effort. I'm going to make this choice to better myself. And we see that in Bridget Jones as well. Definitely. And I like that angle. It's not as if someone is telling you, oh, you got to like change for a guy. You have to do this. Mm -hmm. It's more so internally saying – I've had enough of like mm. my own hindrances. Like I want to become, you know, a more open person or a more organized person. Yes. And to present this award, since it's such a thematic category, we wanted to go with our friends from Parallel Fiction yes. because their podcast is all about looking at themes and how they're expressed in different forms of media. Very cool. Great friends of the pod. We love them. Mm-hmm. I love the husband and wife dynamic that they have together where one person's mm-hmm. talking about like, book another person's talking about a movie and somehow it comes together seamlessly and flawlessly so honestly applause for you guys gotta check them out over to you jeff and heather hi i'm heather and i'm jeff and we're parallel fiction 
a podcast that celebrates storytellers by comparing literature to pop culture. From classics to current, Batman to Frankenstein. And we're here to present the nominees for Best Transformation Story. But first, we want to thank and congratulate Mo and Christina for their one-year anniversary. Keep it up, you two are awesome. All right, without further ado, the nominees are... Mia Thermopolis, The Princess Diaries. Josie Geller, Never Been Kissed. Cinderella, Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Tula Partikalis, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Bridget Jones, Bridget Jones' Diary. And the winner is... Mia Thermopolis from The Princess Diaries. Well-deserved. That makeover reveal is iconic. <laughs> Absolutely. And there you have it. Thank you very much for having us. And you can find Parallel Fiction anywhere podcasts are available. You can also contact us on Insta and Twitter at Parallel Fiction. Stay tuned for more Stardazzle. Woo! Amelia, yes. Thermopolis, Rinaldi, Princess, Princess of Genovia. Of Genovia. I do think that this is when people think of a transformation story, they think of the two photos mm-hmm. side by side, yes. pulling it away. Mm-hmm. Amazing performance by same actor who played the dad in 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes. Was his name Paolo? People yes. love to make villains named Paolo, okay? <laughs> That's a fact. Not naming my kid Paolo. Someone at the Disney company really got spurned by Absolutely. an Italian man named Paolo. And they brought it into work with them. But yeah, I I love Mia's story. It's, you know, inspired me ever since I watched it as a young, young gal in 2001, I want to say. Yeah. It's a great story of like a young girl who kind of gets thrust into this role and really comes into herself. Yeah, absolutely. And who gets to meet this amazing woman who is a queen and also her grandma to kind of teach her have more confidence yes to be herself but also feel like she doesn't have to disappear into the background definitely definitely i'm happy i'm happy about this result me too i kind of knew it would be picked but you know you got to go with the classics sometimes yes definitely so the next category favorite parents yes we did have to throw this one in it's a bit of a unique category but what are y2k movies without the like weird quirky parents that accompany their child on some weird coming of age story yeah give some mentorship some support some funny quips Mm -hmm. and guys we know that you loved franco garibaldi (laughs) from the two girls so you had to put him in as well you know we see some parents in these movies are not the best but we went with the cream of the crop for this category for all our nominees totally parents who help guide their children through their adolescence or through the time in their life they're going through mm-hmm. that really love their kids so deeply that we yes. can feel it on the other side of the screen and it's reassuring to see that it almost feels like they're caring about us too yes So without further ado, presenting this category is (laughs) my boyfriend. (laughs) Yes, presenting this category is Phil Reith. You might recognize him from She's the Man. Yes, it was a very fun time. Yeah, absolutely chaotic, but (laughs) a good time overall. Yeah. Yeah, over to Phil. Hello, hello one and all, and welcome to the first annual Star Dazzle Awards, or at least I think annual. You, you know? Who knows? Yeah, see how it goes. Yeah. Um, my name is Phil, and I am Mariah's uh, lover, 
her confidant. And you may remember me from what many have described as the best episode of the podcast, the She's the Man episode. People have been kind of uh, pestering me online to, you know, hey, join, they need like a third mic. And I've always been like, you know, I don't, I don't really have enough time right now, but you know, we don't know what the future holds, do we? No, no, we don't. But anyway, I am here to introduce the favorite parents category. Yeah, and so without any further ado, here are the nominees. Helen Thermopolis, The Princess Diaries. This is the only movie, uh, one of these that I've seen, by the way. Dorothea and Franco Garibaldi from The Cheetah Girls. Dr. Daniel Covey from To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Gus and Maria Portecalos, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. And finally, Dr. Tess Coleman and Ryan Volvo from Freaky Friday. And the winner is... Helen Thermopolis. Wow, what an excellent choice. Um, Helen Thermopolis, what's to say? My, my, my girl had like a $4 trillion house in uh, San, San Francisco, right? And she was like making watercolors for a living. So she really, she finessed the system. She secured the fucking bag. Wow, thank you for having me. I'm honored. I'll be seeing you on season two of Movies That Raised Us as the third mic. Again, yep, that is official. Thank you. Miss Helen Thermopolis. Yes, she did it. Uh, I didn't expect her to win this category. I actually expected maybe Mr. Covey mm. or maybe Freaky Friday, uh, Dr. Coleman or Dorothea and Franco. It was very close. It flip-flopped a lot between Helen and Dr. Covey throughout mm. the voting process. But in the end... Helen picked up a strong lead. Yeah, very strong. And she took it. I mean, she's so cool. The coolest mom I've ever fucking seen, probably. Just like an artist, single mom, living in a firehouse. Such a cool place. In San Francisco, did you buy it? Is it rent controlled? Like, that's an amazing place. And she's an artist. So she's really Mm. thriving. I'm glad she was picked because I feel like single moms usually, like, get a bad rap Mm -hmm. just even in this movie because there is a lot of like clashing and she's like mom you didn't tell me about this but she is an amazing mother yes and at the end of the day she always supports Mia and tells her like if you're not comfortable with this you don't have to do it if you are like I will support you yeah she's always there to protect her and support her Mm -hmm. no matter what she does so we love you we love Helen okay best musical number We had a time and a half trying to narrow this down, and we still had, like, eight nominees. We literally had so many. But I think that that's just because the Y2K era is filled with amazing musical performances. Yes. These aren't all musicals. No. Like, maybe half are musicals, but they're just really great song breaks in these movies you know, that are incorporated thoroughly into the plot so that you're not like, wait, why are you talking? Yeah. Why don't people break out into song more in movies today? I don't get it. I don't understand. I love it. Totally. For this category, we had to get our friends Shannon and Sydney from Never Let Go Pod to present fellow Y2K gals. The Y2K community runs deep and we knew they had to present Best musical number. Yeah. Because it is a hallmark, a landmark of the Y2K time. 
Definitely. They just did a whole episode about NSYNC versus Backstreet Boys. So we know Mm -hmm. that they know what counts in a musical number. The taste impeccable. Over to Shannon in Sydney. Hi, Sydney. I'm Shannon. And we're the hosts of the Never Let Go podcast. A pop culture nostalgia podcast. Thank you so much to Mo and Christina for having us on. We are thrilled to be presenters at the Star Dazzle Awards, uh, honored and humbled. Thank you so much. Honored and humbled. We are here to present the best musical number. Drum roll, please. (laughs) (laughs) And the nominees are. I Don't Dance, High School Musical 2, where he sings a whole song about not dancing while dancing the whole time. Cheetah Sisters from The Cheetah Girls by the band The Cheetah Girls because they really like to restate their name. Love it. (laughs) Somebody to Love by Ella Enchanted. Move over, Freddie Mercury. Uh, Drama Queen, That Girl from Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, which if you listen to our show, you'll know we know absolutely nothing about that category. (laughs) What Dreams Are Made Of, the Lizzie McGuire movie. Hey Now, Hey Now. That's a good song. (laughs) Uh, This Is Me, Gotta Find You from Camp Rock. Take Me Away, Freaky Friday. Another Lindsay Lohan track on this list. She was really delivering for the fans. And last but not least, Breaking Free from High School Musical. Disney really representing here in this category. You got to raise the roof for Diz. God, I love Diz. (laughs) And And the the winner winner is... What Dreams Are Made Of. From the Lizzie McGuire movie. Woo! Okay. Hey, okay. no. Hey, no. Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> Is this their first win of the night? Yes. Yes. I'm so happy that this one, I mean, this song, it's unbeatable. It's something I would listen to as a kid and be like, I am mm-hmm. going to have an amazing life. Yeah. It just fills you with all the hope in the world and makes you feel like mm-hmm. you can fly. And has a great dance beat. Yeah. Hillary's amazing vocals. It's just such a good time. It's the perfect moment for Lizzie at the end of the series, at the mm-hmm. end of the movie, to just really own herself, be confident. Totally. You forget how – I mean, I forget how shy Lizzie is in the series. Like, yeah. she's not the popular girl. Oh. You know, she's the quiet girl who has her two friends and, like, that's all – And she deserves her moment to really come out and be confident, be that bitch. And this is it. Yeah. Moving on to the next category, favorite destination movie. Mm. A little niche, but we have so (laughs) many amazing locations. We'll let the presenter list off the nominees. (laughs) Um, But yeah, very diverse locations, not even in terms of geography, but also in terms of realms. Yeah. There's nothing like putting yourself in a new environment to really foster Mm -hmm. some great storylines. The change of environment can also be the catalyst for a change in yourself, for for finding yourself, discovering yourself. People are always talking about, you know, traveling, changing, eat, pray, love, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And like, why can't you do eat, pray, love in Halloween town? Of course. Yeah. And since we can't travel in these COVID times... We got to go to our movies for escapism. And for this category, we have Paige from Trust But Verify podcast. Friend of the pod, devoted listener. Thank you for all your support, Paige. And now over to you. 
Hello, all the beautiful movies that raised us listeners out there. My name is Paige Kunkel, and I am one half of Trust But Verify podcast. My best friend Maddie and I started our podcasting journey this past January in which we talk about pop culture and movies and TV. We like to think of ourselves as the Snooki and Wow of central Pennsylvania. So if that piques your interest, you should check us out on Instagram or anywhere you listen to podcasts at Trust But Verify Podcast. That is how I found Mo and Christina, and they are absolutely hilarious. I may or may not have gotten into a small fender bender while listening to one of the episodes, and it may or may not have been the Mulan one, so (laughs) you ladies, you're so funny, you make me crash my damn car. It's fine, Uh, no one was hurt other than my wallet (laughs) to pay the deductible, but I'm here, I'm alive, I'm kicking, and I am going to present this Star Dazzle Award for Favorite Destination Movie. The nominees are Scooby-Doo, The Lizzie McGuire Movie, Halloween Town, The Holiday, and The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And the award for Favorite Destination Movie goes to... The Lizzie McGuire movie. Hey now, hey now. Hey now. Oh my god, second one of the A night. double win. Ugh. Yes, Hillary Duff can feel the energy. Rome's tourism is going to be popping off as soon as we're allowed to travel. As soon again. as, yeah, definitely. I totally agree with this. Mm-hmm. The storyline of Lizzie going to Rome, I'm like, who pitched that? Who pitched that? Yeah. You are amazing. Yes. Yeah, and as we discussed on our episode with Jim Fall, they shot so much stuff on location in all these beautiful spots, like yeah. the Trevi Fountain, the Spanish Steps, the Coliseum. Like, it's really, it's really a special. Totally. Seeing clips, even of them filming at the Trevi Fountain, mm-hmm. spectacular. Uh, now I want to just go watch the Liz McGuire movie again. <laughs> and I want to go to a room. Yeah. Not again for the first time. Yes. All right, next up... Best montage. This one was a very close one. I mean, one of the most iconic parts of a 2000s movie is the montage. We definitely had a hard time narrowing it down. Some honorable mentions to Cher and Clueless. Cher, yes. Learning how to save the world, bettering herself. When Kat and Patrick are doing the paintball fight and 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, I would say best montage. I mean, that's We've been giving you guys out movie montage songs to fit the 2000s movie that is your life. And that's for a reason because it was a huge trope and a huge device that was used. I don't know how to phrase this, but it like compacted an entire journey and transformation into one scene. But it held the power of, you know, 15 minute long pieces. Yeah. If you're not like pretending that you're in a montage when you're out like running errands i don't know what you're doing i don't either it's like you're playing music you've already got the soundtrack like you're just doing yeah. a montage bit yeah you're like standing at the cheese aisle and you're like maybe i'll stare off into the distance and i'm <sighs> like thinking about my lover or my life or where things are going mm-hmm. and then on to the next location like totally why would you not give yourself that joy totally oh i love that <laughs> And presenting this category, we have one of my boyfriend's best friends, Ryan (laughs) Dean Carboni. Ladies, he's single. 
If you're liking what you're hearing, DM us, send us an email. 26-year-old male, great steady job. Mm. Um, is he a respectful king, though? That's the question. He is a respectful king. He's a he's a lovely Italian man mm. who – actually, I'm not sure. Um, I know he cooks – he's made pizza. I don't know how well he cooks, but his dad makes amazing Italian cookies. Well, there you go. Yes. Sounds like a catch. So, ladies? Yeah, let us know if you're interested. Hit us up. He is a spectacularly funny person. And uh, without further ado, I'll just let him take it away and give the award for best montage. Hello, my name is Ryan Carboni, and I will be presenting the best montage category. The nominees are as follows. Tess Coleman going shopping in Freaky Friday. Lizzie and Paolo explore Rome in... The Lizzie McGuire movie. Roxy and Jane visit the House of Bling in a New York minute. Buddy the Elf decorates gimbals in the movie Elf. And finally, Mia getting a makeover in The Princess Diaries. And the award for best montage goes to... Mia gets a makeover in The Princess Diaries. Miss Mia Thermopolis wins again. It is that scene. It is the crux of the transformation story, the montage. Mm. It is unforgettable. Yeah. The cucumbers. Yes. The nails being done. The the hairbrush gets broken. There was one vote that gave it to Princess Diaries. The runner-up was Lizzie and Paolo Mm -hmm. in Rome on On the the Vespa. Vespa. Yes. And a semi-close third Tess Coleman going shopping in Freaky mm. Friday. And I did vote oh, for I do that. Love that. <laughs> I love that montage. I think it's just a testament because let's be honest, there are there's a lot of ageism in movies, right? Yes. I think yeah. it's just a testament to, you know, a woman in her 40s or 50s who fucking rocks it and oh yeah. is like, you know, beautiful in her own way. Like doesn't have to wear a crop top, but she's like fucking going off like she's hot. She's like in the know. Oh, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is so hot. Totally. In that scene. Like, when she gets the haircut, that dress, those boots, I will never get over that those dress, boots. That dress, those boots. Knows. Oh, we should do. <gasps> okay, think about this. Halloween costume. <laughs> Jamie Lee Ooh. Curtis. You can wear the same wig you wore for Miranda. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm, yeah. Anna. I love him. Yeah, I'm Hannah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah. That look is phenomenal. Absolutely fire. Yeah. There's just so many good montages, but that Mia one, it's pretty freaking stellar. So I'm not surprised you guys picked it. Next up, we have the best friend category. And I feel like Uh, before explaining the category, I have to say it's being presented by Girl Crush. mm -hmm. Two best friends who also have a podcast where they explore the likes of popular female actresses. First season, it was Jennifer Aniston, and now it is Sandra Bullock. Yeah, you may remember them from our episode on The Proposal, starring the one and only Sandra Bullock. And since they're such best friends, we knew we had to get them for our best friend category. The convention of the best friend in a movie is one that I think is often overlooked, but very important. Also very different than friend group, whereas I feel like friend group, like, you have your squad, you're integrated, mm-hmm. being supported from all sides, kind of. And the best friend, though, is like almost like a fairy godmother type situation. Yeah. This is like your person, mm-hmm. like your rock. So we'll hand it over to Girl Crush. Allie and Anne, take it away. Hi, I'm Anne. And I'm Allie. 
We host Girl Crush Podcast. Each season, we select an actress, watch every movie in her filmography, and review and rank them. Our first season's Girl Crush was Jennifer Aniston, and our current season is Sandra Bullock. We are super excited to be here to present a Star Dazzle Award. And for the category of Best Friend, the nominees are Arthur Abbott from The Holiday, Missy Pantone from Bring It On, Ella Gerard from Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, Christine Donati to All the Boys I've Loved Before, Carter Farrell, A Cinderella Story. And the winner of Best Friend goes to... Arthur from The Holiday. Oh, that's so cute. He's so cute in that movie. I love that. That's so cute. Go off Arthur Abbott. I am so happy he won. I'm so stoked. We really threw him in in a list of exclusively, well, okay, not exclusively women, but definitely exclusively in a certain age range. And I think Arthur Abbott is the best friend that Mm -hmm. we need in life. I need a sweet old man to tell me that I should be the leading lady of my own life. Totally. He is filled with so much wisdom. And I think that Iris Simpkins also makes mm-hmm. a best friend to him. And it's not, a, I agree. A, it's such a mutual friendship. Yeah. That's my favorite part of that movie is like their whole storyline. I really wasn't expecting him to win, but it's who I wanted. So I'm very happy that he did. Me too. I'm very happy. Yeah. Next up, we have Best Kiss. A little smooch, smooch, mwah, mwah Ooh. action. And uh, the nominees, guys. Oh. I'm excited for you so to hear spicy. that. spicy. Absolutely. Like a rain, like a fucking drought ending kiss. Yeah. Intense moments. Like we really wanted to pick show-stopping kisses for this category. Yes. Grand gestures. Intimate moments. Yes. Carnivals, fireworks. Bathrooms. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Family feuds. Yeah. And we have none other than our gorgeous friend Monica. Also single for any men who listen to the pod. Employed. She's beautiful. She's smart. Mm -hmm. She's funny. Really the whole package. Has a great apartment. One bedroom. Yes. She really goes off and... Just, you know, work hard, play hard. The Charlotte York of Brooklyn. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yes. And without <laughs> further ado, Monica, over to you. My name is Monica Mulhall, and I am a romantic. When I stop to consider what formative moments have led me to expect sweeping midnight boat rides or at least flowers delivered to my cubicle, incredible movie kisses are chief among them. A good kiss is one that the whole movie has been building to, that makes you want to throw your fist in the air and return to the YouTube clip over and over and over. That said, it is my pleasure to be presenting the category of best kiss. This year's movies have truly proven that the most meaningful kiss of your young life is just around the corner, on a Ferris wheel, above the rooftops of Rome, off the coast of Santorini, on the ball field, in the bleachers, in the bathroom. Sparks are flying amongst all our nominees, and we romantics are merely fanning the flames. Here are the nominees. Sam and Austin, A Cinderella Story. Simon and Bram, Love, Simon. Lena and Costas, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Josie and Sam, Never Been Kissed. Andy and Ben, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days and Lizzie and Gordo, the Lizzie McGuire movie. And the winner is... 
Like waiting for rain in a drought, we are thirsty, thirsty, thirsty for Sam and Austin in a Cinderella story. Congratulations, Hillary and Chad. You've truly earned it. It had to. It had had to. to. It had to. (laughs) It's a kiss that changes the weather. (laughs) Hillary Duff is the queen. She is. She's sweeping tonight. She is the drought ending kiss. God, by the end of watching... That's a lie. I have like one season left, I think. But by the almost mm-hmm. end of watching One Tree Hill, I've simply fallen out of love with Chad Michael Murray because <laughs> I cannot stand Lucas Scott like yeah. as we get older. But at that time, oh my God. Oh, he was everything. Everything. Absolutely couldn't have it because the age difference was so extreme when I was like 11. But yeah, did I get emotional when I saw them kiss? 100%. The Jimmy Eat World song that plays in the background. Oh, I'll yeah. never forget it. The moment of having this amazing, intelligent quarterback man mm. sweep you off your feet and just plant a fat one on you. Yeah. And also telling his dad, no, dad, I'm not giving up my dream. I'm giving up yours in one fell swoop. Brother, he did it. He did it first. Troy Bolton wasn't yeah. first. Is Austin yeah. Ames. Yeah, no, this this kiss is iconic. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that it won. It had a very strong lead. No one is surprised. No. Bringing it over to teen heartthrob of the year is the one and only Austin Ames uh, nominee again. Yes. Yeah, we have some very fine young men some very as our nominees. Fine young men. Again, we had to really narrow it down, but there were so many other options. We have Mr. Patrick Verona. Somebody pointed out, which didn't even occur to me, that Raymond the lifeguard should be in here. I just don't think of him as like a teen, I guess, because he's already graduated from high school by the time yeah. the movie happens. He's like older. But he is a teen heartthrob nonetheless. Yeah, I feel like there was an upset about us not putting Raymond the lifeguard on this. <laughs> yeah. The men that we do have on here, they are the peak. Oh, yeah. We have some jocks that just eye candy of the movie. Mm-hmm. And we have... John Tucker's number one fan presenting this award, the one and only Miss 2005, also the creator of Miss Rewatch. Yes. Thank you so much, Nicole, for recording for us. You may remember her from our John Tucker Must Die episode. Exactly. If you are um, familiar with any Y2K Instagrams, like you've definitely seen her page on your Explore page. Oh, yeah. She's the queen. Mm -hmm. And without further ado, over to you, Miss 2005. Hi guys, my name's Nicole, but you may know me better as Miss 2005 and Miss Rewatch on Instagram. Here are your nominees for Teen Heartthrob. John Tucker from John Tucker Must Die, who I may or may not have voted for several times. Peter Kavinsky from To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Austin Ames from A Cinderella Story. Steve Phillips from Sleepover. And last but certainly not least, Troy Bolton from High School Musical. And the winner of Teen Heartthrob is... Drumroll, please. Austin Ames from A Cinderella Story. Austin motherfucking Ames, of course. Again, back to antics. I respect this choice. I did think John Tucker might win or Troy Bolton. I thought that John Tucker might win as well, but Austin had a really strong lead, Mm -hmm. followed pretty closely By Peter Kavinsky, I believe, which really surprised me. John Tucker did not get as many votes as I thought. And you know why I think that is? Is because cheating right now culturally is like a huge no. Mm. 
So yeah. I feel like because that social landscape has shifted, where it used to be kind of like a yeah. comedic device right. to cheat on the girlfriend, it's now like very much frowned upon. But I do see the merit in the teen heartthrob in the context of this movie. He is the yes. jock. Like they they almost make a caricature out of him mm-hmm. um, because that's just the way the movie is. The movie is very campy. Oh, totally. Totally. But yeah, Austin Ames, I mean, one of my first crushes, one of the few Truly. blonde men that I love. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think he he definitely deserves this title. That smoky little dreamy little look he has where he just kind of like oh my God. dozes off. He looks off. Yeah. Up next, the best romance. A love story for the ages. Yes. We have different love stories um, mm-hmm. for this category. There's like... Yes, some take place in high school, some take place after high school, some take place mm-hmm. with a fictional creature, you know? Yeah. It's a really diverse array of options. And I think that at the end of the day, what we learn from these stories is be open. Be open to people yeah. who you never thought you'd fall in love with. Yeah, love can come from anywhere mm-hmm. in so many different shapes and forms. Totally. You never know when you might just be swept off your feet. You know, where will you meet him? At at your job? Will you meet him at school? When your mother <laughs> takes him home yeah. from a spooky mount, mountaintop mansion? <laughs> who, who knows? It's so quirky. It could be anytime, anywhere. Are you fake dating? Are you fake dating? But it's very unclear when you actually um, started <laughs> dating. And yeah. you were also like, wait, was this man stalking me? I am confused. <laughs> Is there a bet involved? Who knows? And an article involved? Is there a sequel that happens where you're like, he wasn't meeting me in the hot tub? <laughs> I'm a little fucking pissed off by that. Yeah. You know, who knows? To present this category... We had to get the kings of romance, the rom-com gents from A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. These guys are very well-versed in film. If you've ever listened to an episode, um, you can hear them talk pretty in-depth. I loved their episode for I Love You, Man. It's one of my favorite movies. And they kind of really went into depth about male friendship, um, which I really appreciated considering they're two great male friends. So, you know, in addition, their analysis of the movie is not only, you know, plot-wise, but also just, like, uh, informed through their filmmaking knowledge. So I would definitely recommend giving them a follow and listening if you're interested in rom-coms. And without further ado, over to you, Ryan and Kelly. Hey there, it's Ryan Graves here. And Kelly McCrillis from A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms, a.k.a. The Rom-Com Gents. Yo, what up? It's the Rom-Com Gents. We're here to present the best romance. Best romance! Because we know best romance because we are the Rom-Com Gents. That doesn't make us romance experts. We're just rom-com experts. We're rom-com gents experts? Yeah, we're experts on what it means to be a rom-com gent. Yeah. Here we go. We've got Laura Jean and whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. Peter Kavinsky from To All the Boys. To All the Boys. We've got Hitch and Sarah Milas from Hitch. 45 degrees. Keep them at 45 degrees. <laughs> We've got Austin Ames and Sam Montgomery from A Cinderella Story. Mm. <laughs> the Hillary, some Hillary Duff stuff. We haven't gotten to the Hillary Duff canon yet. We'll get there. One day. Uh, Andy Anderson, Benjamin Barry, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Uh, you don't give him an award. That's how you'd lose him in 10 days. That's true. Cat Strafford, Patrick Verona, 10 Things I Hate About You. More like 10 Things I Don't Hate About You. Great movie. And then Kim Boggs and Edward... Just Edward Plain from Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
um, that's not his last Edward name. Edward Scissorhands from Edward Scissorhands. Isn't I think, that his surname? Scissorhands? I think legally on his on his driver's license it says Edward James Scissorhands. Edward James Scissorhands. Okay, who's the award going to? And the award goes to. Oh my gosh, it's Kat Strafford and Patrick Verona from 10 Things I Hate About You. What, what? Woo. Come on down. Woo. Rest in peace, Heath Ledger. Hey, it's the rom-com, gents. Thanks for playing. Another win for 10 Things I Hate About You. They're Kat and right Patrick. Now. Yeah. It is a very unique romance because I think, I mean, when I think of romances, it's almost like they don't get together until the very end, but their story is much mm-hmm. more unique. It goes through yeah. like these trials at first, and then we see them really get along, and then we have an, mm-hmm. a breakup later on, and then in the end they come together again. And I think they're like two souls. Who knows if I believe in soulmates, but <laughs> they are two people who just have that spark. Definitely. They get along when other people, like pretty much everyone else in the movie, doesn't really understand them. Totally. I love the moments when they're vulnerable with each other because they are two characters with such hard exteriors that Mm -hmm. seeing them like open up and really fall in love with each other is really special. And there's always something so special about like a first love. So getting to see that is, is great. It's yeah. I, I love their love story. Me too. So I'm glad they won. Yeah. The next category we have tonight is best breakup. Very contrasting. Yeah. <laughs> Very contrasting. And God, we have some I love the breakup scenes, you know? Because the, oh, the kiss, yeah. the romance, it's beautiful. We know this. But the breakup scenes mm-hmm. are so damn juicy and they get really creative. Oh yeah. The lines we picked some really specific <laughs> moments and lines for this category. Oh, totally. We have a nice mix of comedic breakups mm-hmm. with more gut-wrenching, heartfelt breakups, and even a musical interlude. Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I just I just want to know who the winner is. I am so <laughs> – I'm brimming. Yes. And we had to have Tori from Ready to be Petty as our presenter because we thought this was the most petty category. Yes. <laughs> if you remember, we had Tori on for To All the Boys and – absolute blast talking to Tori. Oh, yeah. She is so cool. We couldn't talk enough. That raw recording was like three hours. It was so long I had to put it into a two-part episode. So the banter was great. We also talked to her about podcasting for so long after, and she was like super willing to chat with us. And yeah, Tori is awesome. Definitely check her out for all your pop culture news. You don't need cable. You don't Mm -hmm. need E. Just listen to Ready to be Petty. Exactly. And without further ado, over to Tori. Hi, I'm Tori from the Ready to Be Petty podcast and the To All the Boys I've Loved Before episode. And I'm here to give out the Star Dazzle Award for the best breakup scene. This category is fiercely competitive because really they don't do scenes like this anymore. So without further ado, here are the nominees. First, Gotta Go On My Own Way from High School Musical 2. I'll spare you the singing, but it's the climax of the movie. We're in front of the grotto and Gabriella has had it. The run at the end, the tea necklace, her mom waiting in the car. It's the stuff of legends. Next, we have Andy and Ben from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. The yellow dress, Matthew in the early aughts, and getting the last word in of an argument. Andy was serving. 
Next, Bridget dumps Daniel Cleaver in the office in Bridget Jones's diary. This scene just makes me want to put on my dump him shirt, grab a cigarette, and strut through the streets of London with my girls. Next, Viola as Sebastian dumping Monique at Cesario's in She's the Man. All I can say is, when I close my eyes, I see you for what you truly are, which is ugly. Iconic line. And our final nominee is Sam popping off on Austin Ames in the locker room in a Cinderella story. Q let the rain fall down, her hand in her like pocket, but also her hip, those low rise jeans. This scene is everything. And the winner of the best breakup scene. Sam from a Cinderella story. Miss Hillary Duff. Again and again. again. Oh my gosh, yes. She is having a night tonight. I feel like she's like the Meryl Streep of the Star Dazzle. She is. She is. It is a good line. That whole monologue. Waiting for you is like waiting for rain in this drought. Useless and disappointing. God. The whole football team is watching. Austin is struck. He's humiliated. He's confronting his wrongdoings. Mm -hmm. He looks like a freaking dumbass, <laughs> and uh, there's nothing, almost nothing, he can do about it. Hey, mister, you messed up, and even though she has no job and no money, it's him she feels sorry for. Mm-hmm. And is that at the point where she doesn't know that she was accepted into Princeton yet? Yes, yeah. yeah. So even at her lowest, at her lowest, when she felt like there was nothing there for her, she was like, I am not going to accept this as like an okay thing and I find that so powerful because when you're in high school it feels like the moment you know someone pays attention to you it's like this will Mm -hmm. never happen again but that's not true exactly it's her really knowing her worth and setting a standard and setting a boundary and I respect the hell out of it yes love you Hillary love this movie yes next up our Bicon, Bicon, Bicon of the year. Bicon. 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 Oh my God, I'm delirious. Yes, this is a very unique category that we had to throw in. Yeah. Being, you know, a bisexual woman, I, uh, I just felt like it was important to give our. Do we have any queens on this, or is it just? By, yeah, by sexual kings. Oh fuck! I'm not in charge of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I love that we put um, Chad Danforth on this list. Honestly, we had to. We had to because they're subtle moments, but they're present. And I mean, we hear later on, specifically regarding High School Musical, Kenny Ortega tells us later on that he made Ryan to be like the version of himself in high school before he came out. Yes. So there are, it's not just us being like crazy fans. Like there are things in there that have to be disguised because it wasn't acceptable. You know, we didn't have Love, Simon yet. So yeah, I think this is an important category to really uncover some of those lost gems. Definitely. And we had to pick no other than a bicon in our lives to present this award. Yes, we simply had to get the one and only Ryan Hudzik to present this award. Very good friend of the pod. Ryan is a renaissance man, a singer, actor, dancer extraordinaire. 
they actually are also kind of TikTok famous. True. Ryan Hudzik on Twitter. And without further ado, Ryan, take it away. Hello. My name is Ryan Hudzik, and I am honored to announce the nominees for this year's Bicon of the Year Award. You know, when I came out to my mom as bisexual, she gave me the most sage advice that I carry with me to this very day. Pick one. And that's exactly what I'm going to do tonight. Here are the nominees. Duke Orsino. She's the man. Carla Santini. Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Chad Danforth. High School Musical 2. Beth McIntyre. John Tucker Must Die, and Li Shang, Mulan. And the award for Bicon of the Year goes to... Li Shang! Congratulations, Li Shang. Oh my god! I didn't see this one coming. There is definitely evidence in the movie. Oh, yes. There is evidence evidence in the text. Text and... B.G. Wong said himself that he thought of Shang as bisexual. Yeah, totally. When he was voicing the role. So I think it's definitely a well-deserved category. Was I gunning for my girl Beth? Absolutely. Do I love <laughs> Carlos Santini? 100%. Yeah. I had thought that maybe Duke Orsino might take it. He's the most, I would say, the most um, straightforward, like, there are clear yeah. tones of bisexuality that you're trying to get across to us. Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, Li Shang, iconic, probably one of my first exposures to bisexuality as a young child in 1998. I mean, he's hot. He's smart. He's... Introspective. Caring. Yeah. He's a good leader. Here's to you, Li Shang. Can make a man out of me any day. (laughs) A little role play in the bedroom. Mm. Um. We're getting down to the last three categories. Yeah. I can't believe it's... The heavy hitters, the big ones. Oh gosh. Our next category is best villain. Mm. This one's very juicy. Yeah. We got it all in this one. And the villain in a 2000s movie too is like cream of the crop, gotta be evil. Yeah. It was the era of evil stepmothers. Yes. It was the era of... Evil people in the music industry. We have two of them here. Oh, yeah. Oh, (laughs) yes. A lot of tricksters. A lot of like, hey, I'm cool. I'm hot. I'm sexy. I'm a trickster. Guess again, bitch. (laughs) Fucking swiper no swiping over here. (laughs) I love a good villain. I mean, you have to have them. They make the conflict. They make the movie. It gives you something to fight against. And they have the best fucking quips always. Oh, totally. And presenting the award, we have Laguna Biatch, the Instagram. So at Laguna underscore Biatch. Great content. Mm -hmm. You know, you want a picture of Raven Simone? Uh, uh, You're looking for a photo of freaking... Stephen Coletti on MySpace? (laughs) Some uh, Lauren Conrad content. Hit her up. And then you're like, but I want more. Then go listen to Nostalgia and Now. There you go. Beautiful pod beautiful insta it's a two for one so without further ado let's bring it over to kelly for best villain what is up everybody it is kelly with laguna biatch and i am here to present your favorite movie villain i feel very much like i'm on the vmas the nominees are paulo from the lizzie mcguire movie jackal johnson from the cheetah girls fiona from cinderella story eric knox from charlie's angels in Hades from Hercules, one of my personal favorites. 
And the winner for favorite villain is... Fiona from Cinderella Story. A sweet Miss Jennifer Coolidge. Oh there my she god. Goes. The range on this one. Yeah. To be in Legally Blonde as a meek, a meek little nail technician to go mm-hmm. to a wealthy widow. Yeah. Did you kill your husband? I don't know. Did you push him onto <laughs> an unstable beam? Maybe. She's an iconic villain. Definitely. The outfits. The nails, the hair, the boobs, the lips, the eyes, the face, everything. Totally. And it's kind of funny because I feel like there's been a renaissance of, hey, it's okay to like marry an old rich guy. And if he passes away and you inherit his <laughs> fortune, so be it. Well, but yeah. this one was demonized. <laughs> no, she's awful. She's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but she has some amazing quips. I wish I could do a Jennifer Coolidge impression. I can't. It's just too hard, but... You're not very pretty, and you're not very bright. I'm so glad we had that talk. (laughs) That's hilarious. I will say Eric Knox, very underrated villain. Oh, my God. That performance, like, just performance-wise. So good. Amazing. Oh, well, I mean, Jennifer Coolidge did an amazing job as well, but Sam Rockwell as Eric Knox, very great theatrical performance. Theatrical? Mm. On On screen. On screen. Um, trained by Terry Knickerbocker. Shout out TK Acting. Yes. Looking for great Meisner training? Go to TK Acting. <laughs> this is not sponsored. No, we not just at all. love Terry. We just love him. But yeah, Fiona, villain of the year. What more can we say? Next up. We're getting into the spicy. A highly, highly anticipated category. Yes. Our respectful king of the year. This is our equivalent to best actor in the Academy, you know? How do we sum up the respectful king category? Where do I even begin? I mean... I would say that a respectful king, he doesn't make us guess, you know? He doesn't make us guess if he likes us. Mm -hmm. He doesn't make us guess if he will be on time tonight. He doesn't make us guess if he will be there for us when our plans... Go awry. The respectful king shows up and he shows out for everyone, not even just the one gal, but he makes it known that he's a delightful person to be around. Yes. He makes everyone around him feel comfortable. No threatening energy. (laughs) Feel fucking comfortable. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. No threatening energy. He will offer solutions when you have problems, but will not take over and try to fix them for you. Hell yes. That's a respectful king. Love it. And we're very excited to oh, have yes. this presenter on. They haven't been on the pod yet, but we really want them to. Maybe um, maybe it'll happen coming up soon. Yes. Presenting this award. TikTok star. I'm sure you've seen him on your For You page. Mr. Yian Cook. We are so happy to have him presenting this award. Mm-hmm. I think that Yian's content speaks for itself. Peppered with, you know, Y2K goodness and scathing and titillating (laughs) evaluations. Yes. And I'll let him just take it away because he really went off presenting this award. Take it away. Hello, hello, hello. This is Yain Cook coming to you from the Star Dazzle Awards 2021. What an exciting place to be and boy am I happy to be here. Okay, you may know me. From my TikToks, in which I scream about my love of Heath Ledger, Harry Styles, or Heath Ledger and Harry Styles. 
And I'm here today to present the respectful King of the Year Award. Now we've got some class nominees, ladies and gentlemen. We have Ian Miller from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I've never seen it, but he plays Aiden in Sex and the City, so Lord knows he's easy on the eyes. Raymond the Life God from Aquamarine, I mean an obvious nominee. It would have been a shame if he wasn't nominated. Let's talk about it. What a beautiful man. He can lift me out of the sea any time he wants. Miles Dumont the Holiday. Now, for me, this is a choice. Not a choice that I personally would have made, but one I can respect because of his skills with a keyboard. Edward from Edward Scissorhands. Again, a choice. Not one I would have made. But I do see that kind of dark, twingy little boy. Chaz from Honey. And what a man Chaz is. That beautiful, beautiful face of his. I, I can't get enough. Emmett Richmond from Legally Blonde. Now, for me, this one, this one hits a little bit different because he's just got that certain je ne sais quoi about him, am I right? But alas, only one of them can win. And the award for Respectful King goes to... Raymond the Lifeguard from Aquamarine! Yes, can I get a round of applause for my main boy? Pick me up out of the sea anytime, Raymond. Anytime, anytime you want, I will be available. I'll also probably be flapping about with a mermaid tail because Lord knows I want to live my H2O dream. Okay? Okay. Good night! Raymond! Oh, how could it be anyone else? Oh my god. It had to be him. It had to be. It had to be. The response for Raymond in general, ever since we did Aquamarine, has been overwhelming. And for that, we thank you. Yeah, I love that man. I think we need to make the Raymond content for the people. Yeah, we got to do some sort of merch line. It needs to happen. I rewatched Aquamarine last night to get myself in the mood. And well, first of all, what I noticed is that since we've started this podcast, I have not gone back and rewatched a movie since we've done it. Wow. Maybe I haven't either. Oh, no, I watched Confessions again. Yeah. Because I think, like, when we work on a movie, I, like, focus on it so intensely for, like, a week, a week and a half that I then move on to the next one and then there's just no time and I don't go back to them. But I rewatch Aquamarine and I was reminded once again how fine Raymond is, uh. how amazing he is. I was, like, squealing and gushing like I was 10 years old all over again watching it last night at my big age of 25. I mean, not only is he a great lifeguard and just nice mm-hmm. to the girls who are clearly yes. young they're like in love with him but he's not like disgusted or yeah rude to them he's whatsoever. so sweet to them he's like oh you like you're you're good 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 it's like you girls are so sweet yeah is attracted to the girl who is his own age yes very nice to her takes her for all her quirks and weird shit and then what does he do what does he do in the end he does not say i love you back and he doesn't mean it. He says, "Yeah, we have met recently. Let's work our way there. Yes. Like, I want to still get to know you. Yes. Oh, my God. And then he finds out she's a mermaid. And he's like, absolutely, I'm on board. When mm. can we go out again? The only, Let's meet in Fiji. The only <laughs> questionable things that I have for this man are, you're in those, those wet swim trunks <laughs> constantly. I'm so the worried about rash. you. The rash is insane. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully he's taking care of that, but... I pray. Yeah, well-deserved congratulations to Raymond. Soy, how is there one category left? I don't know. I It feels like we sped through him. I know, it's the 
end of an era almost. I had such a blast with you tonight. I feel so lucky that we've gotten to cover all these films, that we've gotten to, you know, transcend the depths of our nostalgia and really analyze these characters, Mm -hmm. get to know them better than when we first saw them as kids. Yeah. It's been so nice to look back, even just while recording this at all the movies that we've done in the past year. Mm -hmm. It's been such a good time, such a wild ride. Such a wild ride. And we hope to make this upcoming year of podcasts even better and yeah you know we want to do the movies that you like that you're into we want you to dm us Mm -hmm. we want to do some new theme months definitely oh my heart is full guys absolutely thank you for getting this far into the pod and let's uh introduce our next category our final category yes leading lady of the year This was a really tough one to narrow down because almost any woman in a movie that we've covered could have been eligible. Mm -hmm. We have six nominees tonight. These women are inspiring. Mm -hmm. They're honest. They show us that you can be yourself and Mm -hmm. that when things get difficult, they can show up for themselves. And that's not to say that they didn't have friends or family that supported them, but they, at the end of the day show just so much grit and gumption Mm -hmm. and can do what it takes to turn their life around really yeah and they inspire me personally to not be afraid of change and learn how to take it head on Mm -hmm. and even the hard parts that come with it how to handle it with grace yeah and i think that these women all strike such a perfect balance between relatability and being aspirational because I see myself in them and I see who I want to be in them. Absolutely. I definitely agree with you. And I'm just honored that we got to talk about these ladies in general. And for the leading lady of the year, we had to get the leading lady herself, Miss Tegan Rabano. She was with us for the episode of Legally Blonde that we did. Huge Elle Woods fan. Yes. And she just lights up a room every time as she goes anywhere. Absolutely. She was our first ever guest on the pod. Yes. So it was only fitting that we had her back for our final category of this night of the show, whatever Mm -hmm. time it is you're watching this, listening to Jesus Christ. You're watching, you're listening, you're streaming, you're plugged in. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is broken. Okay. Yeah. I feel like Tegan understands Mm -hmm. the value and the power of an amazing female lead. So without further ado... Tegan, take it away. Hello, this is Tegan Rabuano, chick flick enthusiast, Lindsay Lohan apologist, and I am so excited to be announcing the winner for Leading Lady of the Year. The nominees are Elle Woods in Legally Blonde, Tula Portacalis from My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Sam Montgomery in A Cinderella Story, Bridget Jones from, of course, Bridget Jones's Diary, Molly Gunn from Uptown Girls, and Iris Simpkins from The Holiday. And the award for Leading Lady of the Year goes to... Oh my God, you guys! Elle Woods from Legally Blonde. Ugh, snatching awards. What? Like it's hard? I'm so glad I was able to announce this award for my queen. Back to you, Mo and Christina. 
Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad. A very strong lead, like, from the jump. She swept. Definitely. The thing about Elle Woods is that she not only exudes intelligence, power, confidence. Mm -hmm. Confidence. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. A confident queen. Yeah. Um, She is also helping others. She is fashionably dressed up. Like, she shows us that you don't have to dress in gray if you're intelligent. You can carry yourself with optimism and hopefulness. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to have a life of, like, boring, plain demeanors. Like, you can be a little eccentric. Yes. And still get the job done. Totally. And if you are really into your own feminine aesthetic, you don't have to compromise that to be taken seriously. Exactly. Yeah, I I love Elle Woods. She's always an inspiration. To this day, I feel like people are still always looking to Elle Woods. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for the third movie to come out. I think it's going to be ah, absolutely incredible. Very Especially seeing like Elle in this new phase of her life as a woman in her, what would it be, her 40s? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so seeing this like powerful, mm-hmm. amazing woman in her 40s and seeing what that looks like for Elle, I simply can't wait. Yes. This has been a really great time. I'm glad we got to reminisce. It's been so fun. It just makes me so excited for the future. And we just want to thank everybody again for listening, for supporting the show. Totally. It's been truly incredible for us. It's really what makes us want to come back every week. No matter what our schedules are like, record (laughs) that freaking app um, and get it out to you. We're just super glad that you like our stuff and we want to keep want to keep creating more and make it even better. Yeah. You know? And you know, not to get super mushy-gushy, but I really don't know what I would have done this whole quarantine without this podcast. It has been a saving grace for me. So, I'm really glad that we get to keep it going. Me too. Not only has it been an amazing project, it really feels fulfilling for me to do with my best friend, someone who I love so much, who's so talented. Oh my God. Just get to collaborate with you and you have amazing ideas and hats off to Christina. Oh my gosh. Well, hats off to you. The feeling is very much mutual. I'm so glad that you're my partner in this. I'm not going to fucking cry on this podcast, oh so I'm going to keep it brief. But yeah, I feel I feel very grateful to have you doing this thing with me. Well, that's the show, you guys. Happy it. Star Dazzle Awards 2021. Yes, thank you so much for listening today. And please be sure to DM us, email us. Let us know if you liked the awards, if we should do it again. Yeah, definitely. And where can you DM us? On mm. Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. And if you want to send us an email, you can send it to moviesthatraisedus at gmail.com. If you want some visual content, head over to our TikTok, Movies That Raised Us Pod. Yes, and if you would like to give us a follow on Twitter, it's mtru underscore pod. Yes, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and we'll see you next week for the start of season two. Oh, Lord, season two. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.